0: Hi, I'm John Veeley, CEO of Online Visas, and this is uh, Online Visas CEO John Veely's Conversations with Cool People. This is our first episode of this new format, and uh, today we have Peter Zmuski, um, producer, director, actor, musician, and poker player from Kazakhstan. Peter, how are you?
1: <laughs> hey, John. And for me, this is epic. If I made John Veely's list of cool people, <laughs> and I'm the first cool person to have a conversation with you, man, that's it. I made it.
0: You're the coolest person <laughs> I know, Peter. So, uh, you know, it might be a very short uh, series.
1: <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, having this conversation with me. Sure, I'm excited about it.
0: So, um, you're in your studio. I see a picture of you behind you. Uh, says Peter's it's, a
1: small, it's a small home studio since we're distancing, we, right. we're doing, you know, we're being responsible citizens. Very so responsible. we can't really go out to our Hollywood studios in the backyards. We have to confine ourselves in little studios at home.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: and that's why we don't
0: have to wear masks because we're literally by ourselves in our respective places. Yes. Sheltering in our respective places. All right. So, uh, Peter, I have, some, I have some pointed questions. Since sure. I'm having these conversations with cool people, I, I want to ask All them, right. you know, good questions. So you're on the hot seat. All right. How are you feeling? You feeling pretty warm? Bring it on. Okay, Here it he goes. Okay. So how long have you been a Borat impersonator?
1: Well, uh, Kazakhstan, since Kazakhstan became independent right. in 91, uh, um, I thought, you know what? Why not? And uh, uh, can't have I Borat. love acting. I know, uh, you know, it, and plus, America doesn't know what Kazakhstan is. So, and then Borat became famous. I'm like, I can ride the wave. I think it
0: might be made up. I think Borat I mean, made up all of Kazakhstan, and well,
1: slightly, made slightly true? made up,
0: slightly made up. <laughs>
1: yeah, of right. course, they did shoot in Romania, um, yeah. and uh, he's a person on grata there as well as he's a pers- person, Sasha Baron Cohen, not Borat. Borat, they welcome him. And as well as Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen is a person non grata in Kazakhstan.
0: I think Sasha Baron Cohen is a person non grata to a lot of people. That guy has made a <laughs> yeah. living
1: of embarrassing people.
0: So yeah, you're really a Borat. I'm, I'm teasing on that, but you do sound yeah. like him. But tell us a little <laughs> bit about your background. You've got a lot of cool things you've done. What are some of the
1: highlights uh, that you've achieved uh, in your uh, careers? The highlights are, uh, uh, I always kind of thought of myself as a musician first. Oh, right. Uh, I started writing music when I was uh, nine. I wrote my first Sonata when I was nine, then wow. Mini Sinfoniette when I was 13, and I always wanted to be a rock star and a musician and a composer until one day when I was 16, I went to a movie set as an actor. It was my first gig,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't even audition for it. I had a casting director running after me. I had long hair, you know, like this, this long and curly, yeah. It looked like, uh, looked like Kenny G. and uh uh, she's like hey um uh, you want to be in the movie and i'm like hell yeah and uh uh, she's like do you have any other friends with long hair and i'm like hell yeah (laughs) we were kind of hippies in kazakhstan right (laughs) and so and so uh, i was 16 i was 96 and when i was on the set and i watched that director make magic i mean he was god he was creating and i'm like i want that i want what he's got i want to create i want to do things you know and so i'm like well um i'm a musician but i want to be a director so maybe i can make music videos
0: <laughs> right there you go
1: and that's how it started and so you started uh, with
0: music videos kazakhstanian I music videos little
1: cheesy music little cheesy music videos uh, yeah were they the mtv style uh, no they were peter z cheesy style ah. but uh uh they from the music videos i started making psa's public service announcements oh. and this is when some people from uh like kansas association of association of broadcasters i used to live in kansas imagine, mm. and uh, uh they were like hey you're great you know, you should be making this for a living. And so they started like paying me and I was winning all kinds of contests and I all film festivals. And so I'm like, hey, maybe there's a future of me to being a filmmaker and I'll write music to score my own films and things. So it kind of worked out. And uh, to spice it up, I, uh, uh, I fell in love with poker. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and You've uh, so- uh, It's in the World Series of Poker, right?
1: yeah i used to go every year imagine that i in the past for the past what 12 years i maybe skipped like four years uh that i didn't go so you and went to eight uh,
0: World series of poker Championships in like vegas
1: some like that yeah ever make any really good money um well i made some money playing different events yeah. i never made money playing the main event ah. uh which is which is used to last, like, you know, nine days, and it's just crazy, so, I um, I remember,
0: I think some of them put you in the hospital, right, I mean, you were, uh, you know, just day after day after day until you wore out once,
1: right, you remember, wow, yeah, Um, but I made, I made some, you know, money on six figures playing other uh, tournaments, right, you know, uh, not the World Series, but, you know, uh, but they're pretty, pretty significant, you know tournaments that you, people have people from around the world so but uh, uh that means that the world series is still to come
0: right still one of your
1: goals a <laughs> big win
0: well yeah. so you know and and music i know music with you because we played in a band elvis peacock and the wishbones remember, remember yeah. that about a decade yeah ago.
1: and you were you were the lead singer
0: <laughs> true true that was short-lived uh the band broke up uh it was uh, horrible. We should get back together, and uh, you should produce uh, one of those uh, um, kind of memory uh, shows about Elvis Peacock that would and
1: the fun. That would be fun. Do you have any footage? I yeah,
0: I don't know. I have a lot of good <laughs> memories. Got some food uh, stained in my head. I think. Yeah, uh,
1: I, where we. I at. have pictures.
0: Yes, pictures. Remember when we, we were so young? For, uh, <laughs> we opened up for you too and the Black Eyed Peas. We did.
1: That you was remember? huge.
0: Yes. Yes. Just across the, the street. In the big mansion,
1: too. Yes. We across, played in the big mansion.
0: At the big mansion with the yellow limo, stretch limo, Hummer, stretch Hummer limo, and uh, there right. was royalty there. Uh, the the uh, the chief of the Osage Nation uh, was in attendance. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jim Gray um, was there. So um, luckily, not based on Elvis uh, Elvis Peacock and the Wishbones, nor your poker. Uh, you did obtain an extraordinary ability um, O-1 and E-B-1 uh, green card. Uh, but I that did. was your acting, producing, and directing. So
1: That was, yes.
0: Yeah, you have like over 20 plus, um, I guess, items on your IMDb uh, right, right. profile, right? Um, and right. I, you have some great, great ones. Uh, I think Dahmer versus Gacy is one of my favorite Peter Zmutsky movies, where uh, you're the really bad, evil Russian, uh, you know, doctor in his laboratory, yeah. cooking up yeah. some ways, so tell us, tell us about that one, and tell us some of your, your greater achievements in, in, in film.
1: <clears throat> well, um, it's, it's funny you mention it, because I just actually watched it with my daughter. Oh my God. And Donald, we having Casey. nightmares? Uh, no, and she's like, Daddy, you're getting killed. There's so much blood. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> He's the um, only
0: one rooting for you in that movie, I bet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was a bad, bad, mad, whatever, crazy scientist who cloned serial killers. Right. Well, all Russians and, are bad um, guys in
0: the movie. I mean,
1: that's, you got to play that role. You're a nice and, and, guy. And we, carry, and we carry atomic bombs in our pockets. So. Well, of course. Um, <laughs> all evil Russian scientists do that. Exactly. Otherwise, it wouldn't be. They wouldn't be cool Russian scientists.
0: Right. Yeah, I wouldn't then, be
1: yeah. in your cool list if I wasn't.
0: <laughs> you're not going to get an extraordinary ability visa unless you're going all out with
1: atomic bombs in
0: your pocket. That's for sure.
1: Well, it was it was crazy because, uh, uh, well, crazy. It's like what the idea was so unique. It's actually never been done before in this fashion. A friend of mine, Ford Austin, right. he produced it. I don't know where he gets his ideas, but uh, he was it was genius. And uh, he called me up and he's like, hey, you know, I got this script. There's this, this mad, 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 mad Russian scientist, scientist Stravinsky. He called him Dr. Stravinsky. Ooh, that's which a good is, like a great composer. Yes. Yeah. And uh, um, so he sent me the script. I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh, man, this is insane. How is that going to all play out? So next thing you know, me and my pregnant wife are on a plane to L.A. to film it. And so my pregnant wife is there. She's playing a lab assistant my daughter who's in her belly is in it and so uh the next thing you know uh uh the um uh, american film institute right uh is uh is asking for the film to be in their library it's like it's, it's it's making history you know i'm like really wow that's awesome so uh hats off to the director producer and writer who also played freaking 10 more 10 roles in it uh right. ford austin <laughs> you know but uh um, yeah, and, and you know, projects like and we had some really cool people in it. People in it. We had like you know musicians from The Guns N' Roses. We had some, you know, uh, Oompa Loompa actors. You know, we, we had. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 like the the nun the crazy nun that's uh, the movie she was in it. You know, um, so it, it was it was great. But yeah, projects like this and also like other projects I went to the uh, renowned film festivals mm-hmm. and uh won uh, some awards i had a letter from uh uh, uh president bush endorsing uh mm-hmm. the uh one of those film festivals and and one of the awards that i won so so that kind of helped
0: yeah. you know um well you did a but, lot of work yeah. with um gray frederickson um I did. The producer yes. of all three godfathers and apocalypse yeah. now uh, and you guys have done a lot of things together haven't you
1: Yes, he's an academy award-winning producer. Sure. And uh, uh Emmy award-winning producer and nice. the list goes on. And so we've done uh, we've done two projects, well three projects now together. Right. So we've we've done uh, <laughs> Ratpocalypse, Rat which oh, was I love Ratpocalypse. <laughs> I went
0: to the opening of Rat Packlips.
1: Yeah, which the first 3D movie shot in Oklahoma. So we made yeah. history in Oklahoma, yes. hey! <laughs> well, that, was, uh,
0: that had some great Russian literature elements to it. Um, oh, sure. Uh, my dad's a literature professor, uh, you know, and uh, he taught us a lot about Russian literature and, you know, the fantastic things that would happen. Um, oh, this sure. one where all the politicians turned into rats and they yeah. were, were human-sized rats. was it's kind of prophetic. <laughs> it was kind of prophetic it, it, well it might have been it might have been um, <laughs> yep I think that's happening and, but it was a lot of fun I remember you had the opening and uh, we got in the limousine and, uh, and yeah. all, the, all the actors lots of Russians um, yep, yep. That, was, that was good stuff
1: so that was one of the projects we did start Casper Van Deen and his uh, uh, ex-wife uh, uh, Catherine Oxenberg mm. uh, from the Dynasty Right. Um, And so another project we did was Diamond Cartel. We were uh, producers on it, uh, co-producers, and that was directed by uh, Kazakhstan's um, uh, a a big director, Salamat Muhammad Ali. Oh, Sam, uh, who actually is Sam, exactly. Yeah, Muhammad Ali uh, and Muhammad Ali, who is a fan of America, and uh, so who will also be um, uh, uh, who he's he's extraordinary ability person yeah so uh and he will be uh uh, applying for that status through your firm um so uh and the third project we just filmed in january Mm. and it's called Marvin's shining star it's a project uh, to help children uh that have trauma right to deal with trauma and everything and that's basically a kid's uh um uh, a kids show but it's uh it's a uh like a fairy tale right. so um so these are the three projects i've done with gray and we're working on another one uh, called ghost town mm-hmm. um and uh, uh, uh a gateway to other worlds and parallel universes and right. different realities and dimensions so well uh, it's fun it's a fun industry
0: yeah, and it was really cool that, you know, immigration granted you that ability to do your extraordinary things in America. But, uh, but really, um, I don't think you'll argue me, with me on this point, but you married uh, probably somebody that's even more extraordinary than you. Uh, Absolutely. Emilia, a, a prima ballerina from Uzbekistan. And yes. she's talented and, and, uh, and, you know, very beautiful. Uh, but one of the nicest people you ever meet, and uh, I was able to work with Yulia at your suggestion and help her get the extraordinary ability visa before you guys got yeah. married. And uh, well, yeah,
1: she she danced for the president uh, of yeah. uh, Uzbekistan, and uh, I, I don't know how I lucked out on that one, but uh, you know, <laughs> thanks to you, we now have a family with two kids because right. because of you, she was able to come here right and uh open a, a dance school and mm-hmm. teach all those kids here right and not only that we have two kiddos of our own a boy and a girl and uh um it, and it's all if 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 it wasn't for immigration and for your firm and the way you put these packages you don't know that probably wouldn't have happened
0: well i appreciate that that's probably a little too much uh Uh, credit but I enjoyed doing it and the really neat thing and I think it's a lot lost in immigration when thinking people think of it at a at a global term they think of it a negative thing but the impact that you and Yulia have both had um, once you've come to America has been amazing all the actors that you've put to work um, musicians you've worked with um, and then Yulia all the dancers she taught she taught my kids dance and um, my young my both Chloe and Sammy my 14 and 13 year old Um, are in dance because of Yulia teaching them that. And uh, my daughter has won some pretty big parts. Um, Matter of fact, she was uh, Clara in the Nutcracker at at the University of Oklahoma, which were all um, university dancers. um, But she had the starring role as as an eighth grader, which was really cool. And uh, what's really neat is Yulia has done that with the Nutcracker also, but she brought over the Moscow Ballet. Yes. You know, and uh, brought these world class, best at best uh, ballerinas and um, ballerinos, whatever the male version of them are. uh, Artists
1: of ballet—that's how they call them.
0: What do they call them? Uh,
1: Ballet artists.
0: Ballet artist. I like ballerino. Can I call them ballerinos? (laughs) Well, the ballerinos and the ballerinas were fantastic, and uh, my niece Berkeley uh, danced in that uh, under under Yulia's. teaching and then went off to the University of Colorado and danced there. And it's, and it all, I just seen the influence you guys have had and how fantastic that is. Um, And just what a benefit that, you know, bringing in great people from around the world uh, does for our country and, um, and such a neat thing. And we've talked about this a lot because you're a first generation immigrant, right? You were born in another country, came to this country, um, you know, learn the language learn the culture and all that and and my grandfather brought uh came from there and he's from the ukraine so you you and i are all from these former soviet states i'm a third generation one and have a bit of an oklahoma accent and um you know it's interesting to see what that is and we all have our own immigrant story right so for uh your kids nick and julia uh they'll talk about how their parents came right yeah and uh and how how interesting that is and i you know, those origination stories are are fantastic, and everybody has them. So I really think one of the neat things about doing this show is going to be to learn about people's immigration stories, right? And, I agree. And uh, how, they, how they got here, why they came here, and what they've done. So um, we've talked about your successes. We've talked about Yulia's successes. Um, why did you want to come to America? What made you uh, have that idea? um, when you were a kid or whenever you, you had it in, in, uh, in Kazakhstan?
1: Well, um, first of all, the idea of American dream, um, and, uh, I, I've always, when I was a little kid, um, I've always wanted to achieve certain certain things. I wanted to achieve certain heights. And I had big dreams and, you know, I wanted to uh, uh, write music freely. I wanted to make movies freely regarding of my nationality or uh, where I'm at or whether I have connections or not. And back in the Soviet Union uh, um, and then during the 90s when it collapsed, things got pretty corrupted. And uh, um, if, if you didn't know certain people, if you weren't certain na- nationality, didn't have any connections, well, <laughs> those things wouldn't happen uh, with you. Or, I mean, unless you had a lot of money, too. And you well, know, to I've pay- been there,
0: you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, what I've discovered, like I was no patriotic American growing up. I was more mm-hmm. anti-establishment, right, which is kind of what all the cool kids were. You know, you never wrapped yourself in a flag. Back when I grew up in the uh, 70s and 80s, it was a little bit, it was cooler to not care, right? And um, we've got to have more of a patriotic tendency in the last decades than we have. Oh, yeah, Right, for
1: sure. yeah.
0: right? so, um, but, you know, today I, I talk to people, um, you know, that want to come here, and it, and it really helps you realize the benefit of America, not in the way that we sort of promote it, um, our strength militaristically or economically right. or like that. But the I best thing about that. America <laughs> that I think makes it better than other countries. And, you know, if it is a competition is that um, anybody can make it in America. Right. I mean, it, you know, there's no ceiling. There is a ceiling in Russia, in the Soviet Union. I mean, you, you have to bribe your way into places. Uh, right. You got to be corrupt to get there. It You know, it just doesn't have an open, environment to success the way America does. So in America, anybody can make it. Not everybody does far from that. But if you come in with a great idea or, or some talent or some money or any combination of those things, right place, right time, or just the fact that you can start a company really easily here. I mean, I start companies yeah, from oh, people around the absolutely. world all, all the time. It, it takes about a week Uh, you know, to get yourself incorporated. you Then you go down and you open a checking account and you put money in it and then you go to town, right? And uh, and our country doesn't tell you how to do business. Some countries do that. Like Japan has such great automobiles, but that's because Japan as a nation decided it was gonna make great automobiles. And so they all work together as part of their national concept, right? Well, if you wanna open a car company in America, you can do it. It's really hard to make it. Um, yeah. a lot of people fail at that, but look at Tesla, right? Tesla is from a South African, um, you know, who came over and invested in it and made it one made of, uh, you know, with batteries, that's really more of a computer than drives and, um, right. you can do that. Anybody can. So, uh, it's, it's really neat. So it, it's neat to hear you say, I identified with that, right? I have mm-hmm. a curb on me in my country. I know of this other place. And I, it's interesting to me how well the rest of the world realizes that and probably realizes it better than we do as Americans, as, as Uh people that are born Uh or, you know, Uh into this country. And that's why I think we see so many entrepreneurs that are immigrants, right? Yes. Yes. Some of our biggest, greatest companies are now owned by immigrants and in order to get to the
1: position they're in,
0: had to create the company, you know, right. And, uh, and so don't hear that all the time from
1: yeah, like the my industry, let's say filmmaking
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: in Kazakhstan. Right now, they're they're learning what it is independent filmmaking. But up until the late two thousands, you can only make movies with the national film studio.
0: I see, and yeah.
1: uh, and you have to make a movie. Well, there's certain. Even still, to this day, you can't make a certain movie on a certain subject because how the government would—that's would how they control, control that. Now, yeah, here I can come and I can tell any story I want, right? You know, and uh, um, it'll be my movie, my story. I will express myself as artist in the way I desire. Now, yeah. whether people would love it or not—that's a different question. But right. just the fact that uh, you know I can express myself in any way and have freedom to it and, you know, open my own company and uh, Hey, you know, if, if, if I can't sell this product, it's, it, it's, it's fine, but I can make it, I can make it the way I want it. That's right. So,
0: yeah, it's just, it's up to your customers to want to do it. You can exactly. hire who you want to make it any way you want. Um, there are laws, but you know, not in the same right, way. right I, I, my, my grandfather was born in uh, 1907. And he left when he was five in 1912 on the USS right. San Francisco. We have our story, right? Uh, so that's the same year that the Titanic had sank. Um, yeah. so later that year, obviously, that was in April that the Titanic went down. And he remembers uh, talking to his little brother uh, well before he got to America. So he didn't speak any English. It uh, would have been in Russian or, or Ukrainian, I guess, or some, maybe even Yiddish. Uh, but, you know, making the joke, that's where the Titanic went down to his little brother, his, his five-year-old boy, saying it to a three-year-old boy or something, looking over the deal. Come into Canada, snuck over the border, uh, You know, grew up here, just loved America. So he could never go back. And we went back um, when he was 85, 80 years after he left. And he remembered certain things. Uh, he remembered that he lived in about a three-story tenement building he remembered uh, carving little uh, caves in the, uh, the bank that looked over the Dnieper River, and uh, yeah. we couldn't find his home. Um, we looked for three days, uh, wow. and we couldn't find it in Kiev, and, and uh, it was really funny when we found it, um, because we'd look for three days, and uh, our first day, we had, we had been at, there's a, a 15-year-old, old ca- a 1,500-year-old castle that sits up on the top of a hill Kiev means Keys Hill, so up on Keys sure. Hill, um, we were looking down, and there was a burned-out neighborhood under below it, and we didn't make any sense of that. We kept asking people about this three-story building and overlooking the river, and nobody knew that. And the reason is that in the Bolshevik Revolution in 1918, the entire neighborhood was burned out. Right? Oh, I- so nobody could have any. Nobody had any recollection of that by 1991. Sure. But so. It took until a Saturday morning and my, my grandfather's Jewish went down to a synagogue, found another eighty plus year old man, and he comes back, wakes us up, we're a little hungover after vodka the night before, and and we go out there and there it is, the three story building. We have a story in our family about how we were kicked out of there being Jewish and a this was at the end of the of, of the czarist rule, right, it was just Nikolai and Alexandra, mm-hmm. and uh, it was getting out of control, and Jews were sort of blamed for all of, you know, the mis, you know, mishappenings, I guess, and so my aunt, would have been my great-aunt Sarah, was killed behind the gate when a, uh, a horse-drawn carriage of butter or milk or whatever came through, and then they had to leave, and they were told they had to leave the city of Kiev, which they had bribed her way to stay, and they, they did. They just went to America. So it was really interesting to come back because this was the first year that uh, the Soviet Union had opened up for tourism. And this was sure. the last year of its existence, right? It was a really fascinating time to be there. Um, I guess must have been 93, I think. Gorbachev was still president. And uh, we went over there. And because it was this last year, they opened it up for freedom of speech and freedom of religion for the first time, Right. And so it was really interesting to see these guys on literally soapboxes just speaking in Russian anti-Soviet things. And we've got yeah. pieces of art where they are saying negative things about the Soviet Union and, and things like that. And you could see the Russians are like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to walk too close to this. I'm not going to get, you know, and they're telling us, uh, you know, you can't trust these guys. You know, they, they're going to say it's okay, but until they don't, right? And sure. it was really interesting um, to, to be in the Soviet Union, watching the downfall of the Soviet Union as it was happening, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and what people thought about everything, right? And how little they knew about what had gone on in their country, the historical visits that we met. They didn't know about Chernobyl, really. And it was only, I don't know, less than an hour's drive from uh, yeah. Kiev, right? And yeah. we knew people who were, were sick. They had all these surgeries. But it was fascinating from the perspective of, this is a country that didn't have any of those freedoms that's just starting right. to get them. Now they've gone yep. back. They've lost a lot of them since that time, right? Uh, but it's really interesting to then compare that to America and, and how we have these freedoms. And it, ironically now, how we have so much freedom that we distrust our freedom. <laughs> we right. have this no, yeah, you're anti-press right. thing, right? I mean, Russia doesn't have free press. China doesn't <laughs> have free press. <laughs> right.
1: They still don't. They still don't have it.
0: Crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, they still don't have it. They still don't have a uh, uh, free press. You know,
0: oh, no Pravda, right? I mean, it's the state-run, <laughs> the straight, state-run newspapers say whatever
1: yeah. the yeah. to say. Yeah, and and in, in Russian Russia, it's in Russia, it's Pravda. In Kazakhstan, it's Kazakhstan's Pravda. <laughs> uh, pra, Pravda so, move
0: means truth, right? Yes, yes. And, and it's everything but, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not truth. <laughs> Well, and see, that's really interesting. And, it's, and it's, it's interesting that we have the freedom to say that we shouldn't have the press. And we just go out and, and rave about it. It's, it's really an interesting uh, thing in, in our country right now. I won't get too political on that. But, but, uh, but going back to the deal, it's, uh, I, I get to listen all the time about people from their countries wanting to come here. And it's mostly for opportunity, not just people coming from a, a communist or a former communist country, but just that exactly. want to have a chance.
1: And- get into this most of the people most of the people that want to come here they just they don't want to come just because it's a better life and they can just relax they want to come here and work oh right make a difference they want to make it you know that's that's the, the, the biggest desire
0: i think one of those things is in the field that you went into it's entertainment right our movies are our best propaganda right oh sure that, that's where people learn about it. That's where they learn, yeah. you know, about uh, the, the athletes we have, the entertainers we have, the superstars we
1: have. Actually, that's, that's how American Dream started with the movies. When it was everything yeah. was, you know, a big depression. And, and then they started showing the American Dream in the movies. Right. And that's how people started to believe in it. First Americans and then yeah. the rest of the world. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah it's interesting, isn't it? Well, this is good stuff. Well, um, look, I think we should wrap it up. Uh, This is John Veely, CEO of Online Visas. I'm having a cool conversation or a conversation with a cool person. Uh, This is our first one. (laughs) Peter Zmutsky, Kazakhstani, producer, director, actor, musician, and poker player, um, and husband to a prima ballerina and father to two great American kids. Tell us a little bit about his American dream, his immigration story, and, and sharing his time with us. Peter, thanks so much.
1: Um, appreciate you, brother. And one last thing I want to say. Honored to be a <laughs> Sooner. <laughs> Boomer Sooner. <laughs> so how's that for Borat impersonator? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, John. And uh, uh, I think your show is great. It's going to change people's, some people's lives and show different perspectives to how people view immigrants and and stuff like that. So thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, I'll uh, talk to you later. All right, Peter, take care. Bye.